0: Open your Bibles, if you will, with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're gonna park in that area of Scripture for the next three weeks. We're gonna take the first half of 1 Corinthians 12 this week and the second half next week. And Then we're gonna go to 1 Corinthians 13 the following week after that and discussing your place within the body of Christ and then how to use that gifting that you have appropriately and then at the, at the very end of it, we're not gonna forget this concept of first love that we've been discussing all throughout the, the series here. But let, let me start with this. Football season is on us. We got some football fans in the room today. We got a few. Who's your team? We got any, we got any Bulldogs in the room? I know we got a few of those, a handful. We got, any, uh, we got any Roll Tide Alabama fans up here? Uh, always loud, yeah, we know. Uh, we got, a, any Gators? A couple, maybe, please, somebody with me. I'm from Florida, right? Um, anyway, I think somewhere in here there's even a, uh, a Clemson Tiger, I don't know. Uh, and then, uh, I, I can't remember, does, does Tech have a football team again? <sighs> that was rough, I'm gonna get run out of here. uh but uh, anyway, we, we'll poke so, you know, imagine football season is coming on us and uh, you got your roster finalized, you got your team in place and those that made the cut made the cut and those that got sent home got sent home. And, and imagine if the, the, the team got together and they, they went to the coaching staff and said, hey, coach, we wanna make a few changes here. And, and let's say that the star running back, he looked at the coach and said, coach, I, I still wanna be on the team. I'm gonna to come to all the meetings. I'm gonna take up a roster spot. Um, but I really don't wanna run this year. I'm just, I'm just gonna sit on this. I, actually, what it is is I got some season tickets. I'm gonna sit up with the fans. So the star running back says, I'm gonna do that. So then the quarterback, he says, well, since the star running back is gonna sit in the stands, I think I'm gonna sit in the stands next to him because we're, we're pretty close friends. So we're gonna do that. So then the offensive tackle, he goes and he says, well, coach, I can run pretty quick, so I'll be the running back for you. The coach is scratching his head and he's saying, well, I got nobody else. I guess we're going to, have to put you in at running back. And one of the wide receivers, he says, well, coach, I, I threw a little bit in the past when I was in high school, so I could probably quarterback for you. So he does that. And, and then the defensive squad, they start doing the same thing and they're shuffling all around, and you got a defensive lineman that he wants to play in the secondary, and, and then Lord knows the, the, uh, the kickers, they're, they're a whole different mess on their own, and so they start shuffling around, and next thing you know, the opening game comes, and everybody goes out on the field, and they're warming up, and they finish their warm-ups, and the game starts, and there you got your star running back and your quarterback, but they 're up in the stands, but they still wanted to hold a roster spot and so because of that, it had a trickle down effect, and everybody else is kind of moving around and some of the players are like man i don 't even know what i 'm supposed to do <laughs> i 'm just glad i 'm here and so they 're all doing this, and the coaches are scratching their head and then imagine what the the opposing team they 're looking out at this they 're saying, "What is going on here?" We got guys the size of, a, of an offensive lineman that are lining up to, to, to run the ball. That doesn't make any sense. And, and they're trying to figure all this out. Now, let me ask you this. Could the team play? I mean, they could play, but are they gonna do well? Uh, not where I come from. They ain't gonna do this very well, right? They're gonna be a little bit dysfunctional. It reminds me when I was in high school, we had this young man that, that, that uh, moved up. He was Caribbean, moved up to central Florida with his family and uh, started going to our school. And he was taller than anybody else in our school. It was a little Christian school, but just so happened he was also at, I think ninth grade, taller than anybody else in the league that we played in, in our school. Uh, And so he was the he was handily the tallest guy in our school. He was also the tallest guy of any of the schools that uh, we played against. And he was pretty broad-shouldered, even at ninth grade. And we're thinking to ourselves, this is awesome. School year starts, Gary's brand new student. And all of us that were returning on the basketball team, we're like, he's on our team, right? And uh, we, so we put him on the team immediately. And Gary, he was, all right, that sounds good. And we handed him a basketball and we said, what can you do? And it uh, turns out he was a soccer player. <laughs> oh, we tried so hard, but the only thing we could teach him was how to foul. <laughs> he, he couldn't do nothing else. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the basketball court, on soccer field, he was really good. But we put him on the basketball team anyway. We gave him a jersey. I mean, we were a little Christian school. If you wanted to be on the team and you could keep your GPA up, you were on the team. And so when, when warm-ups, we just taught him, we said, listen, you go out there and you stand on the court, but please don't touch a ball. We don't want the other team to know that you can't play basketball. We just want you to intimidate them until the game starts. And boy, to their surprise, when the tallest guy on the court didn't line up at center court for tip-off, he also didn't line up on the court, he was on the bench, it was a lot of confusion. And I think in our church, in our church is, We've played the game, which isn't a game and it's not to be trifled with, with players out of place and some of them sitting in the stands and it's time that the whole team got together, figured out what their position is and started working as one body to accomplish our mission. Can we do that, church? That's what we're here for. That's the purpose of this message and next weeks and the weeks after is that everybody finds their purpose and their place in the body of Christ. This is why last week I said, I want everybody to, if you're already serving, you put your resignation on the desk of Jesus Christ. Please don't put it on my desk. I'm not your Lord. Put it on the desk of Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, do you want me still serving here? And everybody that's not serving, you put your application on Jesus's desk. I guarantee you he's gonna accept your application. And if he accepts your resignation, he's only going to accept it so he can move you into the right place in the body to be serving. So that's where we're at. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is what I would say the quintessential passage in the New Testament about spiritual gifting. It's Paul's most elaborate description of the the body of Christ and how all of us are members to work together for the common good. We're gonna read the first 13 verses. Let's read together. 1 Corinthians 12, verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I made known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to draw us to Christ, teach us how to speak the name of Jesus Christ, and it differentiates us from those who are without Christ, who are idol worshipers, idolaters, or pagans. And then he says in verse four, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, underline that. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord, underline that. There are varieties of effects, but the same God, and you should underline that as well. There's the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. That's God the Spirit, God the the Son, the Savior, and God the Father, all in one passage, working together in a variety of ways through us, but all serving the same Spirit, same Lord, same God, who works all things in all persons. Verse seven, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Remember, if you say Jesus is Lord, you say it by the Holy Spirit, and the manifestation of the Spirit is in you to work for the glorification of Christ on earth. That's the manifestation. Now, it comes differently, right? To each one is given, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one individually just as he wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink. Of one spirit. So you see in this passage, there is that word varieties contrasted with the word one or the word same to show that even though there's different manifestation of gifting through the Holy Spirit, we are all one body serving one purpose, one Lord. That's what we are. That's what we get to do. The problem is. I think in a lot of cases, we have people out of place in the body of Christ. And I think we have a lot of people who have decided to sit in the stands and not be a part of the body of Christ, or at least of the ministries of the body. What a waste of giftedness. We need to make sure that everybody understands their gifting and uses their gifting for the glory of God here on earth. In other words, let me say it this way. We need to, we absolutely need to be aware of the way that God designed the church to function for his glory. Otherwise, we become dysfunctional. We don't wanna be dysfunctional. Listen, I I said it last week, church. I want you to imagine what is the, the, the top greatest just imagination that you could imagine our church doing for the glory of God. Just think through the roof. What's the the farthest expectation that you could ever have for what Beulah would accomplish for the glory of God? Imagine that, right? And you think through that, like where God can do beyond that. That's the God we serve. Can I get a witness, church? I mean, really, but the question is, do you believe it? We sang that song a minute ago. It talked about what what God can do. The same God that did it before can do it today. But the real question is, do you really believe that he can? And do you really believe that he will? Because I think there's a breakdown somewhere. I think a lot of us are like, well, yeah, God could do that but we don't really believe that God will do that. Do you believe that God will work out his great purpose here on this earth? Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is going to do exceedingly abundant above all that we could ask or think in our church? I believe he will. I believe that God wants to use this body right here to do the miraculous on this earth for his glory. I do. I believe that God is teeing it up for Beulah Baptist Church to do an amazing thing in this community and around the world for his glory. And we're on the cusp of doing that. But, 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 We're not gonna do it if we're a dysfunctional body. We gotta understand how the body of Christ is made to operate so that we can go out there and we can kick Satan in the backside. Anybody with me? All right. You guys with me and ready to move forward on this and figure out what God wants for Beulah? Let's do it. So as we think about that, I wanna lay the foundational premise out this morning for what this passage is trying to teach us about spiritual gifting and how it works. So let me say it very concisely right here. There is one Holy Spirit who has given a variety of gifts to every member of the body of the one Lord Jesus to serve a variety of ministries for the glory of the one God. Again, you see in that description, the one Holy Spirit, the one Lord Jesus, the one God. But there's a variety of gifts to a variety of members to serve a variety of ministries. And as we understand that, we begin to understand the variety of our ministry, but the singular purpose of it all and that is the glory of God here on this earth. So in understanding our spiritual gifts, let's look at how this is broken down to us and taught to us by Paul in this passage to understand us as the body. I want to give you a concept this morning. I'm going to try to avoid talking about um, the church with the word church, and I'm gonna try to use the words body of Christ because I want you to think a body of Christ not as um, a body of water or a, a, a another more generic or broad body, but I want you to think of the actual body, physical body of Jesus Christ. And I want you to imagine of sorts a collage of people, us, formed together in one of those, those picture things where there's a lot of little pictures and then they form a bigger picture. And that's how I want you to think of us as the body of Christ, put together, fitly joined together for the common good. And let's take a look at that body and how it is supposed to be fit together and then how it is supposed to work. But before we move any further, I have to convince you of this. This message is for everybody. In order for us to reach the fullness of the potential that God has and intends for our church, everybody, every single person has to be fitly joined together. Every single one of us. So this is for each of us in total unity together in Christ. All of us have purpose. From the youngest in the body to the eldest in the body. From the one that's the, got the, the, the gift of um, preaching and teaching to the one who has the gift of serving and helping. Whatever your gifting is, it's for the body of Christ. So let's look together. The first thing I want you to notice this morning is this. It's the Holy Spirit who gives spiritual gifts to every Christian. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to every Christian. So here, here's the thing. In understanding this, as we see this variety of gifts he begins to teach about and that same spirit, then he says in verse seven, to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So what that means in very simple, analytical, New Testament Greek terminology is We're all gifted, that's it. We all have a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our life that is chosen, if you read down in the passage there, as he wills. Your gifting is not according to your will. Your gifting is not according to what you want. Your gifting is according to how the Holy Spirit and his divine and infinite wisdom has determined to gift you and place you within the body of Christ. Very simple like that. Then on top of that, understand that every single one of us has a spiritual gift. Now, next week, we're going to discover in the second half of this passage that there's no greater member of the body of Christ or lesser member of the body of Christ. Each one is vitally important to the ministry of the church. And while there are gifts that are greater to be desired, as Paul would eventually write it towards the conclusion of this passage and into the next chapters, we all have to understand that every single one of us is important, vital, and needed within the body of Christ. Maybe today that's all you need to hear today is this. You are important, vital, and needed in this body of Christ. You may be saying, preacher, I don't know. I think if I disappeared, nobody would even notice. God would. You say, maybe preacher, I I don't even know. I, I think if I didn't show up and do anything or if I just showed up and I sat on the sidelines, I don't think it would be a big problem at all. The Holy Spirit would be grieved for giving you a gift that was neglected and unused. Every one of us has a gift. You know, I think probably the hardest people in the world to shop for when it comes to giving gifts are dads, right? Does anybody agree with that? I I mean, when I was a kid, I so felt, I'm like, man, shopping for something for dads, like you get, after a while, you get tired of buying socks and ties. You know, it it, it just gets boring. And so you wanna get something that's actually used, but you've got this long history of buying your dad gifts and he doesn't use them. And so anytime a gift season comes around, I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, I don't need anything. If I need something, I'll go buy it myself, right? That's the way dads are geared and minded towards, like, if I really need something, I'll go buy it myself. we are like, well, but we wanna give you something. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, and that's just the way it is. I remember for my dad, we bought him some gifts and some of them were very well used. Like one year we bought him one of those telescoping poles with the little golf ball retriever on the end. That was really well used, Now, that speaks to his golf game, uh, but that was really well used. And another year, we bought him, um, back before they had these pre-installed on cars, we bought him this uh, keyless start for his car. It was really cool. You'd press the button from inside, his car would start, it would warm up, um, the AC would come on or the heat would come on. And uh, I mean, this was a neat thing, but you had to install it. It never got installed never got used. And we remember that to this day. Now, we joke about it with him and probably the usefulness of that gift was more or less just being able to joke with my dad about the gift that he never used. But imagine if the Holy Spirit gives out a gift and it never gets used. How sad that would be. How grieving that would be to the Holy Spirit of God to think that you are worthy to give you a gift and you neglect the gift that is within you, the gift that he placed in you. Every one of us needs to identify our gifting and use it. If you're not using your gift, it's time today to say, you know what? I'm going to go down this path with the church, We're the preachers leading that I am going to figure out my gifting and I'm going to use it. It might be a little scared. You say, I don't know what my gifting is. We're we're here. Hold on to point number two. We're going to talk about how to identify your gifting. And that does bring us to point number two is this. Spiritual gifts determine a Christian's place and ministry within the body of Christ. We talked about a body, Paul goes on to describe it as we'll see in next week's message as hands, feet, eyes, ears, mouth, nose, all of those different parts of the body and if somebody's not functioning, it's like the body saying, oh, that member's paralyzed, I'm not gonna do anything. The whole body must be working together as a unit to accomplish its mission. But in that, If your gifting is one direction or another direction, it determines what type of ministry you are to be involved in and how you are to be involved in that ministry. Each gift is unique. And then on top of that, each manifestation of the gifting is unique. There may be a lot of people with the gift of leadership, but there may be a lot of different ways that the Holy Spirit manifests that particular gift in a person. So not only is each gift unique, but I believe that each manifestation of the gifting is unique because we're all different creatures made in the image of God, different reflections of his image. And he has such a beautiful way of making this this wide array, this kaleidoscope of his church. And we're all a little bit different. And we should know our gifting and then we should know how to use that within the body of Christ. And again, I say within the body because I want you to have a picture and an image of your mind of us as a church being one big body working together. We're not talking about 11491 Veterans Memorial Highway in Douglasville, Georgia, 30134. We're not talking about a physical place. We're talking about a body of people who form collectively the image of the body of Christ here on this earth to go out and to make a difference on Beulah Mountain and the surrounding area for the glory of Jesus Christ on this earth. That's what we are. So we look at these different gifts. What are they? 1 Corinthians 12 mentions quite a few of them. There's other passages. Romans 12 has a listing of them as well. Ephesians 4 discusses uh, the body of Christ in, and it lists some of the leadership giftings within the body. There's other passages as well. You came in this morning, you should have got one of these pieces of paper. If you didn't, don't worry. I printed enough for everybody, or Miss Donna printed enough for everybody. We have some more out there at Guest Relations. We want everybody to have one of these. You say, why, why do I need this? These literally, they, they, you walk through these giftings and here's what they do. They give you an understanding of what each one of these words means. Now this isn't Bible. This was um, something that Lifeway has produced. I've used it for years. Um, I think the man that wrote it on here, it says Gene Wilkes. And he put together these definitions of leadership along, or excuse me, of giftings. Leadership is the first one. Um, along with the, the primary text that it's used in in the New Testament to help you understand what they mean. Now, this was produced by Lifeway. Lifeway has to walk a very fine line with a lot of different Baptist churches. So you're gonna notice that um, what we call the miraculous gifts are not included on here. We can discuss those as well. But if you look down through these gifts, you begin to understand how these different things work in the body of Christ. So let's look at them together. Leadership, he defines that as the leadership that aids the body by leading and directing members to accomplish the goals and purposes of the church. Leadership motivates people to work together in unity toward common goals. Romans chapter 12, verse eight is the reference there. Administration, persons with the gift of administration lead the body by steering others to remain on task. Administration enables the body to organize according to God-given purposes and long-term goals. Administration is the one that gets in the details to execute the vision that leadership often gives and make sure that people stay on task and stay focused about what their mission and their goal is. Teaching, teaching is instructing members in the truths and doctrines of God's word for the purposes of building up, unifying and maturing the body of Christ. We've done well at identifying teachers. We often in the church, we we have really only a handful of the spiritual gifts that we we actually put into place in teaching tends to be one of them. But often we neglect the rest of them. Knowledge, the gift of knowledge manifests itself in teaching and training in discipleship. It is the God-given ability to learn, know and explain the precious truths of God's words a word of knowledge is a spirit revealed truth. This is not somebody who's coming up with new truths. This is somebody who by the power of the spirit is communicating the truth to other people and sharing the gift of knowledge. Oftentimes that would go hand in hand with teaching or it might be in a smaller setting of discipleship or it might be in, in the greater body of Christ to see people who need a word of knowledge. Wisdom, wisdom is the gift that discerns the work of the Holy Spirit in the body and applies his teachings and actions to the need of the body. Similar, but a little bit different from knowledge. Prophecy, the gift of prophecy. See, we get into words like this and sometimes we as Baptists, we're so scared of the words like prophecy and miracles and tongues and interpretations that we just, we're just gonna stay away from them altogether. We don't even use them. Church, don't neglect the biblical truth here and just try to understand what the biblical truth is in contrast to the abuse that some in in the church have falsely used these words as. But look at this prophecy. The gift of prophecy is proclaiming the word of God boldly. This builds up the body and leads to conviction of sin. Prophecy manifests itself in preaching and teaching. Oftentimes, pastors who get up in the pulpit have the specific type of preaching that would be a prophetic type of preaching. It's one of the types of preaching that a pastor may have. Discernment. Discernment aids the body by recognizing the true intentions of those within or related to the body of Christ. Discernment tests the message and actions of others for the protection and well-being of the body. I believe Paul referred to this as the discernment of spirits or discerning spirits. Exhortation, possessors of this gift encourage members to be involved in and enthusiastic about the work of the Lord. Members with this gift are good counselors and motivate others to service. It often is, again, preaching, teaching, and ministry. Exhortation, I like to say it like this, it's giving the right message at the right time to the right person. Sometimes exhortation is very encouraging and people use that occasionally as a synonym there, encouragement. Sometimes exhortation is a little more abrasive. Some of y'all need some hard exhortation to get motivated to do the work of God. You need somebody stepping on your toes and exhorting you like that. Shepherding, the gift of shepherding is manifested in persons who look out for the spiritual welfare of others. Although pastors like shepherds do care for the members of the church, this gift is not limited to a pastor or staff member. Some people have a shepherding mentality to help guide people and direct people and look out for their welfare. Faith. Faith trusts God to work beyond the human capabilities of the people. Believers with this gift encourage others to trust in God in in the face of of apparently insurmountable odds. By the way, I think the whole church sometimes needs a little bit more faith to believe that God is gonna do what God wants to do. To have some trust and confidence, as we sang about it, in the same God. Listen, if he parted the sea, if he struck down the giant, can he not do that today? I mean, come on, church. Let's have a little confidence in God. Evangelism, God gifts his church with evangelists to lead others to Christ effectively and enthusiastically builds up uh, the body by adding new members to its fellowship. The gift of evangelism is unique to some members of the body, but church, catch this here, the task of evangelism is still something that all the body of Christ should be involved in. Apostleship. We get a little worried about that word too. But apostleship, the church sends apostles from the body to plant churches or be missionaries. Often the gift of apostleship is evident in the missions work of the church, both locally and around the world. Service or helps, those with the gift of service or helps recognize practical needs in the body and joyfully give assistance to meeting those needs. Mercy, Man, I love people with the gift of mercy. I don't have a whole lot of it, but I love people with the gift of mercy. I need to be around people with the gift of mercy because it helps encourage me and left my spirit. Cheerful acts of compassion characterize those with the gift of mercy. Persons with this gift aid the body by emphasizing or empathizing with hurting members. Mm Giving. Giving. Members with the gift of giving freely, give and joyfully to the work and ministry or mission of the body. Hospitality. Those with this gift have the ability to make visitors, guests, and strangers feel at ease. By the way, again, this gift, as with the gift of evangelism and many of the others, some of them are things that we are to be obedient to regardless of whether you have the gift. All of us should show mercy though all of us may not have the gift of mercy. All of us should have a certain hospitality within the body of Christ, though all of us may not have the gift of hospitality. Of course, there's the, not on this list, and we don't fault wife way for towing that line within the denomination and, and their work, but there's the gift, the miraculous gifts, as we call them, the gift of miracles, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, and the gift of healings, all mentioned in the New Testament. I take the, the personal um, approach that if God could do it back then, he can do it now. I think that's obvious. I think that on some occasions, God does do it now. I think there's also a lot of fraud out there, a lot of deceivers. This is why it's important that the body of Christ not neglect the gift of discerning of spirits because there's a lot of people that pretend to practice these gifts There are perhaps those who practice these gifts by a wicked spirit. We saw that in the case of the Exodus when the the Egyptians were able to accomplish different miracles that Moses accomplished in some cases. And they were able to do that. Church, there are false spirits out there or wicked spirits out there that we need to be careful of. But please hear me and hear me. You know, we're not gonna dwell completely in this message on this, this topic today, but please listen to me in this. God performs miracles today. God does. I've seen it happen. I don't claim to have the gift of healings. But as an elder of the church, James chapter five says, if any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church to anoint him with oil and pray over him that the prayer of faith might heal him. And as an elder of church, I have been called on a number of occasions to anoint people and pray for healing and seen them not gradually over time, but immediately been healed. So I don't doubt what God can and does and continues to do and I think we need to be at the same place. I'm pretty sure, I say this tongue in cheek, I'm pretty sure I saw the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues down in Honduras over the summer with Brother Johnny and Pastor Luis, because Johnny speaks a dialect of English that I'm not sure I even understand all of it, and Pastor Luis speaks Spanish that I'm pretty sure Johnny doesn't understand, but let me tell you, the two of them talked together and understood one another. And I'm pretty sure God had a hand in that and helping them to understand why. Because it was for the common good, right? It was not a showboaty, flashy thing. It was not to lift up one person or one thing. It was for the work of the ministry and God has a way of accomplishing the work of his ministry. Can I get a witness church? Okay, so... Are we going down a a strange um, charismatic Pentecostal road with all of this? No, we're not. We're going to exercise wisdom, discernment, and an appropriate level of caution when it comes to miraculous gifts, but we are not going to doubt the power of the Holy Spirit in any way. You understand that? So, church, we see all of these together, but here's the problem, and here's where we're going to stick. In, in the more practical application of this. Here's what, here's what I've seen happen so many times. We get a hole, right? And here's the hole. The hole is we've got a job that needs to be done on a certain date at a certain time. And so we start tapping on people. Hey, I need you. Can you fill this hole? Can you do this job? And we recruit people to a job rather than recruiting them to use their gifting, Okay. Now, listen, I'm not saying this from a high and mighty standpoint because I've been guilty of this. It happens. But I think there's a better way. And the better way is this. Let's start with their spiritual gifting and recruit people based on that. And we're gonna turn a page here at Beulah We're not gonna recruit people for the media ministry or the music ministry or the children's ministry or the preschool ministry or the youth ministry or the Spanish ministry or the missions ministry or whatever it is, right? I shared on social media this week the the picture of all those different ministry graphics and logos. It looks really cool. I love it. I think it's great. We want people in those ministries. I wanna have a great media ministry as Terry talked about earlier because we've got people online that, that... One, I I sat in some of their homes this week. They cannot make it to church anymore. They are physically unable to get out or they can't get out often. And this is a way, it's not perfect, right? Perfect is in heaven. It's not perfect that they cannot be here. We wish they could be here. But it is the next best thing that we've been able to come up with. Plus, it's a great outreach to to people that we wanna try to get into the church. I love watching this morning. Listen, I hope I don't, I don't even know who's on the camera. So I'm not, I don't think I can embarrass him. But I, I loved. there was a little jolty part at the service earlier where it, it jolted, the camera jolted around. And I loved watching that. Here's why I loved watching that. Because I know that Will's training some new people on the cameras, right? That was a cool thing. I loved watching that because that, what that told me was somebody new is getting involved there. And that's a good thing. We're excited about that. Because we do wanna have an awesome media ministry because it ministers to those who can't make it to the church physically and be physically present here. It also is a great way in today's modern world to try to reach new people in the church. The vast majority of people, I think last I heard it was over nine out of 10, people, before they ever step foot in a church building, will go check out that church online. And in today's media, digital media culture, that almost exclusively means they want to watch video of the main services of the church. So we want to have a good media ministry because that helps to win us an opportunity to share Jesus Christ with people. That's why we do it. Okay, so we, we want, but we're not gonna recruit people to a ministry, we wanna recruit them to using their gift. You see the difference? And that's going to ultimately land them in a ministry, but first is gifting, first is gifting, okay? So church, are you with me so far? Gifting first, are you with me so far? All right right section because I got some people that are with me right section are you with me so far okay center section are you guys with me so far gifting first left section are y'all with me so far okay what goes first church gifting your gifting goes first in fact of everything that I'm going to say in the rest of this point gifting is really the only spiritual thing out of all of this Your gifting determines your place in ministry within the body of Christ. You say, well, preacher, I'm not sure that fits. That's why I asked you to put your resignation on the desk of Jesus Christ last week. Because I think a lot of people got recruited to a ministry first. And and listen, don't get my heart wrong. I think what you've been doing is wonderful. Thank you for doing that but let's move on to the next level. Let's grow as a church. Let's do better as a church. Let's be better fit as a church. Let's be better joined together as a church. Let's be more unified as a church. Are you with me? Good, gift first. Everybody say that, gift first. You take your gift. You say, preacher, I don't know my gift. I've got a plan for that, all right? Hold on just a second to that. I say, Preacher, I don't know my gifting. But we take our gift and our giftedness, and then I encourage you to find your ministry passion. What are you passionate about in ministry? And you take that ministry passion and you pair it with your gifting to find out where you should serve. Let me give you a case in point. I often deal with this with new members into the church. And, and when I talk with them, I encourage them, go read scripture and find out what your gifting is and then once, and ask, and here's, here's the spiritual exercise. You read the word of God because the word of God is there to teach us. Then you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what my gifting is. Nine times out of 10, here's what happens. The person comes back to me and they say, hey, you know what? God revealed to me what my gifting is. It, it's amazing. It's like Jesus said, anything you ask in my name I'll give it to you. If you ask God for wisdom in this matter, he doesn't hold you back, hold back from giving you the wisdom in this matter. James chapter 1. So gifting first. And then what I tell people, is, to discover your passion. So I was talking with one lady in particular about this several years back. It was during the height of COVID. We were doing an online version of our new members class at my previous church. And as we're doing it, I had this lady pegged. She was a school teacher. I had her pegged to be a teacher of one of our Sunday school classes that we lost. It. Um, what happened is we had had to combine some classes when we came back together. Um, we'd had to combine some classes into one in our elementary program because I had lost some teachers due to COVID. Um, and so I, I had her pegged. I'm, I'm sure she's going to teach this class. I was so excited about it. And she came back to me and she said, pastor, I don't have the gift of teaching, but my passion is children's ministry. And I was like, man, I'm really glad I didn't ask her what ministry she would have wanted to serve in because she would have said, I love kids. And I would have said, that's great, let's have you teach this class. That I had had to combine a large age range together under another teacher. Instead, she said, I have the gift of service helps. She said, I'm passionate about children, but my gifting is service helps. And then she said this. She said, please don't ask me to teach. She said, I can't do it. And here was the backstory. She and her husband had been burned out of church for a good long while had been going to church, it was a few years. Prior to that, they had bounced around between several different churches over a number of years. And she had been recruited to go into the children's ministry because she was passionate about kids and teach. And because she was serving outside of her gifting, she would get burned out. They would leave a church, go to another church. And she thought something was wrong with her. She wasn't doing it well. And the truth was, it was the church leadership, it was my fault as part of the greater church leadership for putting somebody in a spot that they were not gifted to serve in. The condemnation is on us. So instead, here's what I did. I said, you got to give us the gifts to service help? She said, yeah. I said, you're passionate about kids? Yeah. I said, I have a Sunday school te- uh, class. I was thinking maybe we would divide this large age group into two and you would teach one half. But if you don't have the gift of teaching, we're not gonna ask you to teach. She said, oh, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. I said, but this, this poor teacher, she's got a large group. I said, she needs somebody to help her. And she became a service helper in that class and thrived. And then the teacher thrived and then the class thrived. And then things went well. And she served in that until she moved out of town to, and relocated to a different area uh, about two months ago. This is what we want to do. Find your gift, pair it with your passion. Maybe your passion is youth ministry, media ministry, music ministry. Maybe your passion is the hospitality ministry um, or the first impressions. Listen, when we talk about hospitality, I would love to have some more fellowship amongst the church body and break bread together, but I don't have a hospitality team put together to be able to help with that. We wanna pair these things together And then finally, we assess first, what is your gift? Second, what are you passionate about? And then the third thing is, what other talents or skills do you have? Because sometimes that helps too, right? You say, hey, um, I I may, excuse me, I may wanna be involved in the media ministry. And um, by the way, I work for um, Netflix and one of the local studios, and I've been a camera operator for a long time. I have the skill on on cameras. So, that may be help to direct things, um, the natural skills or talents that you may have. We've got a man that uh, one of our leaders started uh, an outreach um, through pickleball. He has a talent for pickleball and uh, a passion to see different people engaged, and uh, so he used his gifting to start up some pickleball here at the church. We use first your spiritual gifting, but always first, church, always first your spiritual gift. And then we pair it with your passion, an area of the ministry of the church that you're interested in or passionate about. And then we find talents or skills that you might have that we, we you know, might somehow enable or help in an area, right? And we pair those together. And then we come up with this, number four, we ask this final question, how do you combine all of that to be effective within the body of Christ? So here's the thing. We've been working behind the scenes for quite some time in the lead up to this today to be able to help you walk down this path it's impossible for me to do this in 45, 50 minutes on a Sunday morning. So what we've done is I went to the leadership team of the church and I said, leadership team, I need your help because I want everybody in the church to understand their gift, passion, talent so that they can find their place of service. Every single person children, youth, adults, senior adults, every single person. I want you to know your gift and be confident in it so that you can serve the Lord with passion, with all of your first love. It's gonna become evident when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is a continuation of the spiritual gifts conversation. By the way, it's not a passage on marriage. It's a passage on serving the Lord with, you guessed it, love. So here's what I wanna do. We've got the leadership team. Um, I wanna call them up. They're gonna come up on stage with me. And I know this is awkward because this is at the tail end of the sermon, but I wanna call them up. Come on, guys. So they're starting to move. It's okay, come on up, don't be, don't be bold. They're going to come on up because I wanted you to see them because I don't know that you guys all necessarily would even recognize. One of them is absent today. Um, Greg, he's, he's absent, he had to go to a funeral happened last minute, Um, and so he's absent today, but these guys are gonna come on up. Y'all just kind of fan out wherever, I don't know. Um, Make sure, if we can, make sure we get them in the video shot. I wanted you to physically see them. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, Hey, you probably don't wanna stand too close to me. That glare is gonna... um... Listen, we're just family here, church. It's not a performance, this is not a show. We're just family here. Okay. These these guys so I've been I've been working with these guys and they're aren't these guys wonderful? I mean, these are the guys that help lead the church. Thank you guys. They and their wives are ready to help sit down and talk to you. And I wanted to, they, and they were very clear about this, specify because they were worried that some of you ladies in the church would be like, well, I don't know that I wanna go and sit down and have a conversation with just a guy and that might be a little awkward. Listen, their wives are ready to sit down with you too and talk with you. Their wives, so for ladies or for couples, They're ready to sit down as couples. I and my wife ready to sit down, all of us. We want to help you. We want to, Ephesians chapter four, the final message of first love, equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's what we're trying to do because we have a big vision that we have gotten from the Lord of what God can do in this church. So here's what will happen. This is it. If you already have good rapport or good connection with one of us, or you already have one of us in mind, and you say, hey, I'd really like that particular person on the leadership team to help me, then you go straight to them. You say, hey, will you help me? I wanna be in your, in your docket and help me. Now, if all of you come to one of us, we're gonna have to say, hey, I, I got too many people, we're gonna have to start spreading this out. But the idea is that all of us are gonna work together as a team to help you, us, figure out how we're gifted so that we can do better work as a church. Okay, you, got, you, you follow them where I'm at. Now, if you say, hey, preacher, I'm not, I don't really know which of these guys. I don't really know any of you guys. Maybe that, that's your case. You're like, I don't know any of these guys. I don't know any of their wives. Um, and so I'm just kind of shooting blind in this. As soon as they walk off stage, I'm gonna forget all of their faces. Hey, that's fine too, because again, Guest relations. You go to guest relations and say, Miss Donna, put me with one of the, the leadership team so that I can discover my gift and my passion. I and my wife, my family, whoever it is, we want to sit down. We wanna have these conversations with you. One of, one of the guys even in our meetings, were are like, preacher, what you're talking about, it's gonna take a long time. And I said, yeah, it, it probably will. It's a big commitment that we're, we're here saying, listen, we're ready to give you the time We're ready to talk with you. We're ready to try to help you because we are so sold on this concept and how it's going to make our church a better, more efficient, more effective body of Christ. We're so sold on it that we're ready to invest in this process. Thank you guys. You all can go back. In fact, if you will, maybe just sit on the front. Y'all do that for me the rest of the service? Um, sit, sit towards the front um, because during the invitation, maybe some of you guys want one of these guys to pray with you or pray over you, okay? And, and, and what we're saying is this, we want to help you. On top of that, because I know we wanna open up as many avenues as possible. On top of that, we've set up a couple of classes, a men's class and a women's class will be meeting on Wednesday nights starting on September 6th that you can sign up for as well. Are the events ready for that, Will, online? The ladies is. Okay, the men's will be set up. Um, you gotta register for those classes, okay? You can do that online, beulah.church slash event. You can do that um, through guest relations, but, but because of the way those classes work, it, it's limited opportunity, okay? So we're capping the number of attendants that can register for it. If we get an overwhelming response from that, we'll offer them again, but it'll have to be after the first six-week cycle. Those will meet on Wednesdays for six consecutive Wednesdays uh, to, to help you as well. And those will go into really a, a really in-depth study of this. Um, it's called Your Kingdom Assignment. Some of you maybe have gone through some of this with Julie Haynes before. Um, she's taught some of these concepts for many, many years. And um, we'll be doing that. She'll be teaching the ladies. David Tucker will be teaching the men's class we're putting opportunities out there because we want to help you so bad with this. Y'all catch it? Are, are you Are you understanding how desirous we are of every single person? So here's your assignment, okay? Here it is. You go to the person on the leadership team that you would like to help you with this, okay? And, and let, now here's the other thing. If they don't help you, please come and see me. I'll, pop them upside the back of the head, okay? When you sign up for the leadership team, you sign up for that, okay? Um, and, uh, and that's the thing. Um, maybe not Joseph, because he's bigger than me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, if they don't help you, please let me know, because we'll, we'll, we'll try to address that. But these guys, I'm telling you, their heart's in the right place. They wanna help you, okay? Or, or you go to guest relations, say, put me on the list, put me with one of those guys and their wives, put me with my family. We're gonna try to help you. We're gonna try to work overtime to make this happen, this is what we're here for. Because the final point is this this morning Christians complement one another by their use of spiritual gifts together to accomplish the ministry of the body of Christ. I've got to go fast here. But it's all of us working together to complement our gifting for a bigger picture. Wouldn't it be amazing if every ministry had a leader, an administrator, a helper? a person with great faith, a person with discernment. You see where I'm going with this? Wouldn't it be great if every ministry of the church had a member in that ministry who had the gift of giving to help support the needs of that ministry? Wouldn't it be great if we had all of these things pitched together so that every ministry could work like the body of Christ? This is so important and vital because it's how the church accomplishes the greater ministry. The church, Jesus claimed that the church would accomplish more after he left the earth than he did on the earth. And one of the reasons is this, and I want you to listen to this closely, because the body of Christ is supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to carry on the ministry of Christ around the world. This is your assignment, church. You got it? I know it's lunchtime. Let me say the final conclusion. Matthew Henry said it this way Gifts are bestowed for the advantage and salvation of others. Use your gifting for others. Everybody in the church together. Would you stand with me? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's pray together. I know it's really late. I'm sorry but I'm not, every member working together. Let's do it church, let's see the bigger vision. God help us to see the ministry in front of us. God help us to see the big picture because we believe you wanna do some great stuff here at Beulah Baptist Church. We thank you, in Christ's name, amen. We're seeing a short, just a short verse of the invitation. Here's how we're gonna do it, because we're running on time. If if God's working in our heart, you, you need the altar. You come up to the altar and you feel free to just stay at the altar, even as we dismiss here this morning. We're gonna make this a place of prayer as we leave. And you feel free, if you need to, to stay here. You want somebody to pray with you. We've got our leadership team up here. We've got our altar workers up here in place. We're ready here to pray. We're doing this so that we can accomplish our purpose. We're doing this, as Matthew Henry said, for the salvation of others so that we can reach more people for Jesus Christ. Let's sing together just a verse, just a chorus this morning, and that'll be it.